Welcome to the Creative Minds Podcast with me, Callum Hughes. Something for your mind. So, welcome to the next episode of Creative Minds with myself, Callum Hughes. Tonight, I'm joined by Ollie Ryder, who's one of the founders of Animal Crossing, one of the most exciting and forward-thinking brands in not just Manchester or the UK, but the underground music scene in general. He's also played for the likes of Park Live Warehouse Project and also heads up their promotions and marketing. So I'm just going to invite him in now. Easy, son. How are we? All good, mate. How's trips? All good. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a weird fetish of mine. All the guests that I've had on, I've never fucking met any of them. It just looks like I'm uh, perving on all your profiles and then just inviting you on when I'm ready. What, what are you going to say is the wrong ginger then? <laughs> that as well, mate. That as well. That's that's the main fetish above anything else. But um, yeah, I mean, first of all, obviously big up on the uh, the launch of the the next event you pretty much probably only just recovered from the uh the antics of the weekend but you've got um for anyone who can still get a ticket if it hasn't sold out you've got john d masson yeah. the ghost and christian ab is it for the next one yeah 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 you know we've kind of, we've kind of soft launched the, the system obviously with the with the current elements with all the social distancing and stuff we've kind of we've soft tested it now for two pi and, you know, we're kind of ready to, to elevate and get back to where we need to be in terms of progressing and proving that things can still be done properly, man. Yeah, that's that's sick, mate. So before we come on to all things Animal Crossing later on, it'll, I'm sure, no doubt, inspire a, a lot of not just up-and-coming promoters, but anyone, even like me, who's done events, I could probably learn a thing or two off you as well, mate. So what, what I like to do... What I like to do with all of the guests, uh, I know obviously you're the same age as me, but the fact that, you know, with the lineups that you're curating, you know, they're they're quite mature in terms of the music taste. So I like to go back to obviously you were born ninety four or ninety five, was it? No. Oh yeah, ninety four. Yeah, yeah. So when you were like growing up, obviously growing up in Manchester, which is like such a breeding ground for, for talent, whether it's like bands or DJs or venues, um what kind of artists were you listening to growing up and how is that kind of shaped how you do things now in your music taste? I think I've always kind of had a broad spectrum of music. Um, my granddad, um, a massive influence when I was younger, the, the geezer, he was in the circus, would make anything from scratch out of woodwork, would play any form of imagine the banjo, a tin whistle, piano, guitar, uh, anything, the accordion, and that's kind of where Animal Crossing came in, which is a, a story for a little bit later. Yeah. And he could play the instrument, like, it was just fascinating by it. So, ever since I was, ever since I was literally a nipper, I just, yeah, I've been submerged in music. Uh, and then, obviously, you know, as you get up, you get a little bit more pain. My mum used to play anything, like, early night, but it's tough. And as I got a little bit older, I just fell in love with hip-hop. Yeah. Um, you know, like, Stella Cole, Jurassic Five, you know, Off, Deep Park, etc. Like, that's kind of where my 
from say the age of like nine to 13, 14 before I started getting into all the electronic side of things or really immersed within hip hop culture. Um, and then yeah, just kind of fell into to the electronic stuff, um, started going out as everyone does, went to university. Yeah. Like everyone does, everyone has that moment where like, this is it, this is it, this is me, <laughs> I know. Went out to university, cracked on with all that, and then, yeah, I just kind of fell into a job that I'm, I'm, I'm in love with. You know, we're very lucky to work in an industry where, you know, you can give it with such passion and love, and it's, it's, yeah, it's wicked. Yeah, I think that undoubtedly must help with the work that you do for Parklife, because I know there's quite a big electronic element, but it's still really diverse in terms of the lineup. so it's good that you've got that passion, not just for the promotions and marketing, but the fact that you listen to music that's, across such a broad spectrum and that's i'm sure you'll probably push the same agenda as what i would anyone who's looking to go into the industry i get that some people you know they're they're really good with certain genres they know their shit like the back of their hand but i feel like if you're really open-minded with what you listen to you're just going to build your knowledge that way and you can dip into different parts of the industry that way yeah interested in because i think you're the first mancunian i've had on now i'm a bit of a fake red i used to go and watch united when they were winning shit and then my business partner lives in swinton but i've never properly obviously grown up (laughs) i've never properly grown up in and around manchester and obviously even though you know you were born the same year as me you've you've still grown up in the thick of it you know with everyone from the likes of um Sasha Lord, this is like watching an episode of the Peaky Blinders. <laughs> I'm guessing that's your gaffer, isn't it? Better be careful what I say then. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, obviously you were growing up in and around, you know, obviously the Cortinas is there on, but like the Charlatans, Simply Red, Happy Mondays, Stone Roses, Oasis, and then you've got across the promoter's side, you've got like Wolf Gregory and the Kaluki boys, then you've got Libero, yourselves, Hacienda Sankey's up. The, the list is endless with like warehouse projects, etc. So what what do you feel from like your experience growing up makes Manchester such like a, a breeding ground for talent, whether it's like your venues, your promoters, your artists? I, th- I think we just dare to be different. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, we, especially from... You know, we, we kind of missed that that golden era of what the Hacienda was. And then, you know, kind of my upbringing into electronic stuff, I caught the back end of Sankey's, but again, that was after its prime time, do you know what I mean? So yeah. You're looking at the young aspiring promoter, DJ, you know, you're activated within the scene, and then you, you're looking back at that history and you think, fuck me, I've got a lot to live up to here. Do you know what I mean? It, it inspires you to push their boundaries and recreate that your own chapter of that. You know, I think you can look back and take inspiration, but you want to be leaving your own mark within it. And, you know, I've, I've, I've been so lucky to be brought up by the best. You know what I mean? Class of 92, we're working at the Warehouse Project, you know, part life festival, like you, you learn how to do things properly. Yeah. With, without that, you don't see the world in it from, from that perspective of how things are done properly, do you know what I mean? But no, you know, definitely. It, it with, everyone from Manchester takes big pride in it. Everyone from wherever you're from takes big pride in it. 
Like, there's just a lot to talk about. And we want to keep, as, as younger up and promoters, we want to keep people talking about it. We want it to be that, that like, in, in, in the whole of the UK, in the whole of Europe. You know what I mean? We want, to, we want people to be talking about us and what, what Manchester. Yeah, definitely. That That's an interesting point there about, like, daring to be different. And even though, obviously, you're on your own path, you know, you're trying to be your own man with what you're doing alongside your team. But would you say the likes of yourselves and a lot of other promoters, even though you're doing their own thing, would you say that you're definitely inspired by a lot of the things you saw growing up? And it's not that you want to be, like, the next person. Um, you want to do your own thing. You don't want to be seen as the, the next this person or that person. But... Was a lot of the stuff you saw growing up inspiring and led you to do what you're doing now? Definitely. Like, wherever you go in the world and you ask what Manchester is, they'll either say United or, like, the Hacienda. Yeah. So, to, have had, to have had that global effect on people. But for people who were, like, 30 years on, it's like, oh, do you remember the good old days? Like, to have that emotion from people, like... If you don't want to try and recreate that in your own way, then you, you're not. You know what I mean? You're not wanting to do it properly. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you if you don't want to create something that has that much of an impact on people's life, then do you know what I mean? Like, you should, should like, reassess and think. This is what, what I do. I want like, you don't just want to do things for you know for finance gain or whatever. Like, you should be doing it for to put your heart, your soul, your passion, and with people and like that they will share that same passion. That's the same ambition, bro. It, it's, it's contagious, positive yeah. energy, and pioneering something. It's, it's contagious. Nah, that's that's some really good points you've made there, brother. Especially the point around passion is. I mean, I mean, I've I've only been doing events not since 2016, and the earlier ones I did, um, this isn't me bigging myself up. It's just literally because I wanted to do it for the passion. Is I didn't really make any money. Any money that I made literally just went to like a different charity, and I was lucky to have you know your likes of Josh Gregg, headline who's like a really good up and coming artist, and I think you can't beat that feeling of just even if it doesn't sell out. Just seeing the reaction on people's faces and knowing that they've got that escape from the nine to five and all the shit that's going on in the normal world, especially at the minute. Like, I bet there's nothing more rewarding in the minute for you than seeing mid-pandemic people, you know, just enjoying themselves and and letting loose to an extent, obviously. But yeah, so. I think just to reiterate anyone who's listening is if you're going to do an event, don't go out to do an event. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be successful as an entrepreneur or a businessman or businesswoman, but just do it for the passion first and foremost. Like don't put on, you know, if you've got a load of money behind, you don't think I'm going to book a massive headliner for my first event and I'm going to make a load of money because normally that's not how it happens. You normally fall on your ass because 
you don't really know what you're doing when you're first doing events. And I was listening to um, a podcast the other day. Um, there's a promoter called Kane Towning up in Leeds. I think he was the geezer that used to do the stuff with um, Tom Zanetti. But he's had some amazing guests on. And I think he was saying, start small and think big. And even if you just do intimate parties, just grow it gradually, go it gradually, build your knowledge, build your experience, build you know, a good team of obviously you DJ for your own brand, don't you, with Animal Crossing, and then you've got your yeah. residents as well. Have, like, good residents, couple of good, you know, like, one good headliner, a couple of good up-and-coming headliners, then gradually, or just growing it will grow. Obviously, I've noticed with, like, your socials and your branding, like, you'll build a good fan base, and before you know it, you'll have people from out of Manchester coming then. You can think, which I'm sure you're already doing, is you can think, now nah, I can level up and just fucking smash it. Um, yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's definitely what, what I've learned is sometimes I thought, oh, I wish I was doing this massive event and whatever else. But you, your time will come. Like, it's not going to happen overnight, is it? I mean, 30%. You've got, like, I think, you know, the point you made there, made there is dream big. Like, dream as big as... You're only limited to what you want to achieve. Yeah. If you dream big enough, in fact, very hard to, to, to get there, you'll achieve it. Do you know what I mean? It's as simple as that. A lot of people put themselves down and, and limit themselves... He's living in a, with a glass ceiling that he can just keep working through. But yeah. like I said, it's, it's about not about just going going big and booking like a Jamie Jones first show, whatever. You need you need to now more so than ever, people need a brand and a narrative to connect through. And I think through Animal Crossing, what the beauty is, it is five of us involved, and that brand represents what we're about as individuals collectively. Like we tell our our, our feeling, our opinions, our our creative input, and all put through the brand. And it's amazing to see that's feedback that people respect it, people love it, which well encourage you to just keep doing it, do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So what I wanted to do, because I know you were saying you went from like hip hop to electronic music. So where did it all start then for you in the music industry? Because I know you were saying earlier on that you, you went to university. So where where did it all start then and how did it lead up to kind of I suppose where you're at now? So, um, yeah, I went to university in Leeds, and that's kind of where I um, fell in love with the electronic side of things. Started going to like, the likes of Mint Club, Mint Warehouse, um, After Parties, Back at the Gaff, you know, just fully immerse yourself in a big, big way. Yeah. yeah. University. I've done a lot of growing up since then, but like, I, I came home from uni, and then my mum went to me, she said, Right, son, what do you want to do now? And I just went, I don't really know what to be honest, mum. I just know that I love music, and like, I, I enjoy like, because I went and I did business, business management. I love marketing. I was like, right, okay then. And my mum, my mum knows Sash, and she just dropped him a text and was like, got him, got this lad here. Can you, can you, can you come and sort him out? So anyway, Sash open arms, put me in. I was making brews for a for a for a good year, making the best brew anyone could ever wish for. Going above and beyond as much as I could, and then you know, fortunately, he liked me. <laughs> <laughs> Then, you know, I've been, near, been there for nearly six years now and then I've just worked my way up and then now I head up all the, the promotions and the marketing. Yeah, now that's class. And... You, know, you learn so much. Like, I learned a lot of uh, the guys from Mustard Media, Ollie, Ed and Rob, um, who were above me when I first started. And you, you, learn, you learn so much. You, like, you sit there and just sponge and just absorb things. Yeah. You know I mean, it's, it's no, no better place for it to have learned everything. Yeah. Um, I th- I'm not sure if Sasha's still here since I, me- since I mentioned Tom Zanetti. I think he might have done a runner. But um, no, I mean, I- I've never had the pleasure of meeting him. But, you know, 
I don't need to blow smoke up his arse, just purely on a on a business level. They're the kind of people you look up to and, and respect through the graft and what they've achieved. And what I really like there is even though, you know, you've worked off your own back, you've got a degree in business management, your mum might have put a little bit of a word in, but I really like how, you know, you've still had to earn your stripes. You still haven't just walked into this plush job straight away, you know, where people are making you bruise, you're fucking making everybody else bruise. So, <laughs> now nah, that's... <laughs> no, but that, that's really good, though, and, and, and that's another point that I always try to get across. Um, I'm sure you probably know Morgan Bennett, Patrick Topping's tour manager, who I had on previously. So I think you, you've probably worked with him, haven't you? Didn't he used to do a bit for Parklife? Yeah, no, he's, he's a good lad, but I think you two have got a lot in common, you know, you're, you're doing well for yourself, he's done well for himself, and anyone listening, it's like, it's not going to happen overnight, and you've got to be willing to do some fucking hard jobs that you probably do not, you do not want to do, but that's just how it goes, man, and if, if, if you ain't ready, then you better take a back seat, because someone else will just do it, and be willing to, like, get the hands dirty, and be willing to yeah, wait yeah. a couple of years for their chance. And, and I think, you know, it's, there will be occasions where, where you've, net, you've networked yourself properly, you've met the right people, but it's all about putting them always in them circumstances. And whenever that door gets open, even the slightest little bit for you, in whatever industry, whatever platform it is, it even open a sniffing, like a little smidgen, you've just got to break through it and just don't stop. Like, yeah. all, all this like, the complexity of putting all these events together and the operations that we involved with, like, it, it takes hours and hours and hours of blood, sweat, tears, determination. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but when it doesn't, it's learning from the mistakes, picking yourself back up and then going again. It's just, you can't, you can't just, just believe it. Equally, do it. Yeah. You'll find, find a way. <laughs> now, nah, some really, really wise words there, brother. So, in terms of your role then with... Um, like the warehouse project team and obviously because because they're they're both connected aren't they is park life just part of warehouse project group yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what what kind of roles have you done then is it strictly been promotion and marketing or have you literally just tried to get stuck in with a little bit of everything just to try and upskill and build your knowledge and your contacts along the way um, we took all the <laughs> <laughs> class that's wicked um so coming on from that i kind of wanted to talk present day and like what you've been achieving at the moment with animal crossing um and kind of your plans for the future so talk us through apart from yourselves like who who were the other four members and how the concept came about and what kind of roles you all play as part of the family yeah of course so there's myself uh there's joey jackson uh ryan edwards Luke Bowles and Daniel Faze, um, 
And the concept came about, um, it was me, me and Joey were sat there, you know, like you do, after parties, whatever, and we were just chatting, we were like, been to, been to a couple of abroad festivals, the group kind of came together, and then the concept came very quickly, shot, quickly after. It was like, we, we all connected together, and then all of a sudden we was like, right, we need to start putting that, like, if it, we, we looked at Manchester, we know, we go down, we're going down to London a lot, we're going abroad a lot together, and, you know, we're finding our feet within this sound. There was nothing really available in Manchester in terms of the, the size and scale and, you know, what we wanted to achieve. Um, it didn't necessarily exist. And one thing that um, one of the directors said to me ages ago, it was, whatever anyone else is doing at, the, at that present time, do the complete opposite. And that just resonated with me. I was like, it's just all right. Like, if, if you're trying to replicate something that already exists, you're already not going to be the best at it. You're not you're not going to achieve anything because it's already been achieved. Yeah. So if you can take you can take that concept and whether you're trying to flip it, sell CD or you're trying to put events on or you're doing a clothing line, how if you can use that concept and you can you can analyse the market, you can see what's going on and then you can take your own input on it and then you can create, you know, I mean, that's how I look across it was create. We sat there and we was like, right, okay, what are we about as people? You know, we're quite out there, bold, Try and try and be a wealthy with money, whatever. Like we're not, we don't take ourselves seriously in the slightest. Try yeah. It's the best way to be, man. Definitely. Like, yeah. just don't take yourself too seriously. Like, it's it's music at the end of the day. It's and, fun, like. I like you know there's a, there's a lot within the music culture which is very serious. Do you know what I mean? Which is fine, but that's not what we were trying to present. Yeah. Because that's not what we out. So there was no point in us trying to do this big serious brand. Like, we, the serious element of our brand is the music and the concepts. That's fucking serious. But when we're trying to connect with people and the narrative, we want to give them a beat buzz, which is fun, bold, bright, out there. So it came about, so me and Joey had this concept, right, needs to be comfortable, fun, vibrant. And then we were sat um, in, in a studio, which is now the AC studio. Didn't you feel like this? And turn it up. <laughs> started and me and Joey was there, we made this Google Docs, we've gone back and forth and obviously the key thing within a brand is the name. Yeah. You know, he's, he's catchy. And this this is where it ties back to my granddad. So we were sat we sat here and we used to have all my granddad, well, the accordion silly. We used to have a, the accordion was sat on the side. It says this accordion there, it says Paolo Soprini on it. it yeah. Paolo Soprini on it there. So like you do, so we're just fucking ballparking all sorts of shite ideas. And I typed here, so I'm like, you know what, let's have a go with this. Typed in Paolo Soprini on Google. And on Wikipedia, it's like an Italian manufacturers of accordions. And we click on that, and then you like you just clickbait. And then the next minute, this fucking pink elephant rocks up. And it's an Animal Crossing beneath it. I mean, Joey just looked at each other and went, Animal Crossing? Like, you read the moment, something just clicked, and we both just went like, I was like, yes, this is the one, this is the one. <laughs> That's class, and, that is. And then, you know, the, our designer, Mark, is an absolute hidden gem you know because again the, the branding is what people yeah branding's next level mate it's wicked man something that I'm fucking well proud of is the branding yeah it's like for example you know when you're on Instagram and see that there's a company in Manchester called Goo is my mate Marwan does it and he's basically just sex appeal cookies and sex sales done it so I said yeah. that, that's what you need to go to it or put it in the mouth before they've even tasted it or seen it so that's, that was the idea was that sexy and cool and, and then Joey was like, he knew he knew this designer. He had it, he had it in his head. He was like, this, I've seen this guy's mural outside the old studio. And like a week passed, and then we we spoke to a few other designers, 
and you know it wasn't right it wasn't original enough it wasn't what we'd envisioned and anyway yeah. Joey rang me at 2 o'clock in the morning he went I found him I found him <laughs> anyway we found this guy Matt and then from there it's just, it's just we've not looked back we've not looked back since the first since the first artwork went out um, with the giraffe on it we've not looked back and that's the, the giraffe this this here if I can flip it, flip it there. this is like a vision board of what we want to achieve and the, the giraffe is to remind us to never forget where we come from. <laughs> nah, that's <laughs> sick, that is. <laughs> that's class, but I think especially at the moment, anyone who's thinking of um, starting their own event brand, you know, if, if you're running something with your best mate or a, or a group of pals, it's just bad ideas back and forth and just take your time, especially like you did. Don't just rush into the first designer because branding is is so important obviously you know that doing promotions and marketing and obviously it's clear to be seen with everything with animal crossing like, i wouldn't even have to know it was animal crossing in terms of the instagram page if i came across the video i'd know what it was straight away um, and especially at the minute i get that you know people are under a lot of stress maybe people haven't got that creativity with everything going on but people have got time on their hands and if you are thinking of creating a brand, just don't rush it. Make sure you've got the name right, like your, your designer, a good team around you, everything. Because especially if it's something you want to work on for the long run, like obviously you and Joey and all the rest of you are obviously all reading off the same hymn sheet and you're all best pals. Yeah. So you've all got that same vision. It's not like, yeah. you know, one person saying one thing. You, you might have some conflict of interest, but sometimes that's a good thing though, like because yeah, there's nothing that doesn't get addressed if someone doesn't like something we'll say it and it's not yeah yeah you know what I mean? completely yeah fine. completely fine but i think you know as, as you're saying i think that one of the most important things about the branding is you, it's got to reflect like who you are and what you're about and yeah you've got you've got to be passionate about it because if you're not if you're looking at it and thinking yeah it's all right then what do you think everyone else is looking at and thinking yeah you need whatever it's definitely when we break it down like we are now everyone's thinking oh yeah this sounds easy i'll just get back to the drawing board obviously it, it it's not easy but at the moment especially with like the winter months approaching is you have got time in your hands like don't just sit there scrolling through instagram 24 7 stressing out worrying comparing yourself to other people just pull back a bit and just chill out and just in, just enjoy it man obviously i know it's easier said than done because you'll you'll agree with me like it's, e it's easy said just to think, oh, yeah, just enjoy it. But when you're building up to the event, you're shitting yourself. And then on the night, you're, you're running around and everything. But, um, yeah, it's... That, I know, man. I know. That, that's one thing I've definitely... I've, I've had to try and learn is is when I've, when I've grafted for an event, if it hasn't sold out, it hasn't sold out. If you know you've put your heart and soul into it and you can walk away knowing you've done everything you can just try and enjoy the night because if you look stressed that energy like reflects on to the crowd and was like what why does he look stressed and yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got <laughs> i know man 
it's, well, it's me normally. I've normally put a beer in my own bonnet. <laughs> but um, I just wanted to get a bit more advice of you, obviously, for, for anyone listening, because one of the main things that, that I've tried to educate myself with is um, social media marketing, like investing like tactically and well. You know, like everyone sits there going, sponsored posts are shit, they don't work, the algorithms don't work. It's like they do, but you have to do the right research or you have to get someone on board. So how, how do you, apart from the branding, how do you find that you market your events well to like attract a good crowd and... To be honest, the, the mad thing is, mate, I've, we've spent money on two things for ads for Animal Crossing. Everything is organic. Really? Uh, the, la- the last party we had to put a bit on. Yeah. But, um, the only other thing is the clothing line. And, oh, sorry, through two parties. It was the one uh, last September with Sammy D, then the uh, the clothing line, and then the last party. Aside from that, um, we've not spent a penny on advertising. It's all organic. That's, That's a beautiful mad. thing, man. Like, would you do you feel like that's because um and this is giving respect this is giving respect to you because i know like you said you went to university in these but obviously um you've become obviously quite well known even as a young lad through the work you've done through where whereas project and parklife would you say a lot of it is through just being right with people treating people right always making time for people and obviously delivering a good brand with with good artists how would you say you've managed to achieve it organically then if you haven't had to invest as much in the sponsored posts i think just what we've provided is, is super different like it's it, I, so, I mean i'm like a magpie myself something shiny and interesting i'm going to click on it and i'm going to invest time in it and i think the way that we strategize in terms of what content we're putting out always put that it's different on your timeline because Instagram is populated with a lot of the same stuff. Like a lot of people, when when released by record, they'll just share the artwork. And mm. think how many times I just check the record in a day, and we see it's the same thing consistently. Yeah. So you think, right, okay, if I'm there and I'm absorbing this content, am I going to be interested in it? It's going to be different, you know. And every time we put something out there, I always try and make sure that it's brand new. But I mean, it's fresh, original. Like, yeah. Because people will it organically then. You're not having to spend money. Not it's not forcing people because obviously without ads make a massive difference in terms of when you're trying to sell tens of thousands of tickets. Yeah, of course. And you need that in front of the right people. So, I mean, you can't if you, when you're trying to sell them absolute that because that's when you need that's when you need it. Yeah. Um, but you know the fact that it's all all organic, it, it's you know thank you to everyone. Do you know what I mean? For yeah, of course. Yeah, but I th- I feel like that's in a way though you've managed to achieve that organically because of the level of passion and thinking outside the box in terms of especially the videos like the videos it, it's something where you're not just going to scroll past it you'll um you'll want to watch it you'll want to carry on watching it so i think that's probably a really good piece of advice for anyone is maybe look at investing more in someone who's really good with like graphic design or like video content to captivate your audience instead of doing a really average piece of artwork that your uncle David's knocked up for you for fucking 10 quid. Don't get me wrong, Uncle David's artwork's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle, David's art, Uncle David's doing the same thing for 20 people, so you've got to bear that in mind. Yeah. But I think I make Uncle David's artwork spread and things and it all look fucking wicked. <laughs> yeah. See, the, the only thing that you've got on you now, pressure-wise, is because you're so good at selling tickets organically, Sasha's expecting you to sell 10,000 for the next park live just with videos. <laughs> I might bring 
<laughs> I know, so... You said it earlier as well, mate, like, stay in your own lane, don't focus and look what other people are doing, you know, take inspiration, like, it's important to look at, and, you know, at the wider picture and absorb things and take it in and go, yeah, I like that, I like that, but don't try and replicate it, don't worry about what flipping Greg and his, and his tech house night is doing, I mean, don't worry about that, because if you're worrying about him, then you're not focusing on yourself, like, yeah. you're not focusing and giving... And giving your your brand the energy you deserve, because you're more bothered about whatever anyone else wants. And I think, you know, going back to the networking side of things, the first thing that we did as a brand when we started was, you know, I rang up the likes of Kurt, who runs you and me, I rang Flux, who runs Puku, you know, I rang these guys with I boys, right? We've got the, we're starting a party called Animal Crossing, these are our bookings, these are our dip, open arms, and it's like a big family in Manchester for the scene. Yeah. I'm well well proud of all the brothers come up with us of how we handle each other and how we deal with each other and how open and transparent we are with each other because you know that isn't the case everywhere mate nah it's not it's definitely not brother I can I can say that for, for certain I'm proud of everybody in Manchester from in our world that as, as, as first of all when we first started greeted us with open arms because you know what I mean at the end of the day like we're all trying to do the, we're all trying to do a good thing we're all trying to throw fucking sick pies mm. and that's what we're all in it for Whereas I, I don't like to get involved with all the bollocks politics that's about... Neither do I, mate. Neither do I. Like, what's the if you want to book someone, yeah, of course, of course you can. Like, that's not my problem. I'm going to be at that party at the front, giving it some... Because it's going to be a sick party, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's principle... And that's another bit of advice that I would give to people is just fucking be sound, man. Like, be sound. Don't be a dick. Simple piece of advice. There's not a lot of... Pick. Well, there is a lot of sound people out there, but... You know as well as I do, with with the music industry comes egos, and there is there is greed because I think a lot of it comes down to people don't really want to always work together because there are some people. There's not a lot that want it all for themselves, and I hope there's one lesson we can learn from this pandemic is it's not all about money. And you know, if 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 we can work if we can work together, then. It, that's how that's how it should be and t- to be honest there's there's some cases where you just feel like you're kind of wasting your time you just feel like you look oh, i could sit this person down in a room for 10 hours and try and get through to them but it's not going to happen i just feel like that's some things that people might have to address themselves but the reality is like when i had um wilf on um from like kaluki lost and found hideout a couple of podcasts ago he was saying the reality is like the music industry is going to shrink post COVID when things do eventually return to some form of normality. So you might end up working with someone who was once your enemy or someone you you were opposed to. Um, And it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't have to take a pandemic for you to then be working side by side with a promoter, because if a city's big enough, like your Birmingham's, your Manchester's, your Liverpool's, there should be a slice of success for everyone. I get that, you know, you can't have. You know what I mean? We're all swimming together. Yeah, yeah. And I think for, for the scene that we're involved with Animal Crossing, like, beforehand, there wasn't necessarily like a red hot mark on it, but because we're all working together, now it's like fucking shit's going on in Manchester. Do you know what I mean? Like, And that that goal has been, is being achieved. We're not there yet. We were not anywhere near done, let me tell you. But that's been achieved because we're all working together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's only so man can do, do you know what I mean? Of course. Not using war as a reference or whatever, but like, you can't win a battle on your own. You need, you need your men, do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're firm, if you're firm, it's the 
Simple. <laughs> nah, definitely. So what what I'm intrigued about, um, I know we've discussed it a little bit before the podcast, and I suspect a lot of other promoters out there are as well, is fair play how you've managed to adapt and evolve mid-pandemic, still still putting on. I know obviously it's um, heavily restricted in terms of numbers with the events, but um, do you mind talking us through like, how you've built some of the relationships with the authorities? And to be honest, a lot of promoters, even someone like myself, I've never really had a meeting with you know your, your local police or council how how you built those relationships over the years well i think obviously animal crossing we use different locations for every event and in doing so we have to we have to apply for temporary events notices and so from you know just over two years old now even though we've got deep managed to celebrate the birthday yet but you know, every time I'm putting a party, I have to speak with the police, I have to speak with the council, I have to do risk assessments, I have to do um, health and safety, you know, all of these things have to be checked and the protocol needs to be preceded and, you know, all, all of these things need to be um, translated to the authorities. So, obviously, if we're doing that for a just, just short two years before all this happened, you know, a bit of a relationship whereby you could see that I've been throwing these parties every single month, not had a single issue. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's been smooth. The council have come down to quite a lot of the parties, you know, kind of walk around. And it's not, like, again, goes back to just being sound. Just, you want to come and, come and have a look. There's nothing to hide here. Do you know what I mean? The events are run super professional. Yeah, I'm that's good, man. Do you know what I mean? I'm super proud of how, how efficiently and smooth everything runs. Do you know what I mean? A lot of that is down to the crowd as well because we don't get any trouble touch wood. Yeah. Know, everyone, everyone comes to our events, comes there for the right, re- right reasons to come and enjoy themselves, to come and network, to come and have a good time. Uh, to come and listen to the music more importantly um, and then obviously the, 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 to, as Covid hit everyone was a little bit like you know what do we do everything just slammed you know we was meant to have the big year we could ever possibly imagine the stuff we had in the UK abroad FIFA Berlin you know we, we had we were going all over Europe do you know what I mean like it was going to be a sick day. but you know we didn't when things are and you know are looking to be rescheduled sit and just wait do you know what I mean I was, I was looking straight away like what's the solution what is the solution did sit and focus on the problem like you know like it, it is really easy to do yeah I just sat there and the second that boring outdoor events can happen my brain just went right I'd, I already had 20 people that I'd spoke to about venues rang every single one of them every single one of them emailed them all until I got a response on one which was the, which was the rooftop and then I rang the head of the police what's been venue confirmed I rang the head of police uh, ran, the, ran the council for the, for the for the area and then you know top through my COVID risk assessment because online you can have a look at all these things see, yeah. see how how are responding what what the what the actions are to prevent X Y and Z what the risks are etc um, and then you know develop this five six page assessment on COVID which everyone was well happy with um, and then just kind of use that template moving forward and that's how we, and then obviously assessing the guidelines you can see what you can and can't do and obviously i found a system where you will have to stand up and down within your within your bubbles of six yeah please type soft launch i'm involved in a club in manchester called progress center you know we soft we soft launched it there that's been running for a month now it's amazing vibe. people being up and dancing as well what you go out to do you know what I mean? yeah of course and then now now we've got that that system which was approved then we brought ac back again and now elevating again to, to the bigger show with the bookings again yeah that that's class man big up and 
I think some some people will say, oh, I'd, I'd rather hold off until like the vibe is absolutely right. But it's like you say, if you've got a good enough crowd that are already coming and, you know, the, the, the music's on point and everything else, you, you can still have a good time. Obviously, yeah, it, it's not going to be as it as it normally is, but there are ways around it. It's just a lot of the time about thinking rather than it being problem after problem, what ways can I look around it instead? Yeah, again, mate, it's just it's finding the solutions. And yeah, do you know what? Like, you're not getting sweated on and you've not got arms around each other from a random kid, which we all miss. Don't get me wrong. I can't wait to be licking the face of some random kid. <laughs> I can't wait for it. Fingers crossed it's me. <laughs> uncertain everything is you can sit there twiddling your thumbs thinking oh things might be back to normal by this date but nobody knows so what do you do do you just wait for god knows how long for something that you don't know exactly to discuss was um the fact obviously you've already achieved so much with animal crossing um and there's a lot of potential with the brand i know you were saying there you, you had plans with like ibiza berlin but obviously you you know you've started the record label you've hosted a stage at glastonbury and um, what are your main kind of aims and goals for the future if you can give us a sneak peek Yeah. In terms of like 
the environment and the terrain and where they are and what they are, what what we can do production wise and the, the creative tone because you know we class ourselves as a music and arts collective. Everything we do with the spaces that that we found, say for example, the archway is a prime example where we could have just thrown a party in, in an archway under a railway bridge, which it was fucking cool. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But instead, we turned it into like a, a live mural and and you know what I mean, and put that extra effort in. And that's what whenever that when everyone ever looks at that party and looks back at the video, they see a big fuck off animal crossing. Mode. <laughs> it looks amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean, the way that I see it, mate, is you've got five senses and all five desserts tantalised in every single environment. <laughs> so, as as we get bigger and you know and, and you know budgets get a little bit bit, bit bigger and whatever, we'll, we'll be spending that on making the experience better. So yeah. From for the production side of things, I've always been into like arts and you know that 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 side of things. I've always looked galleries, always been fascinated by exhibitions and stuff. There's so much more on the mood board and the vision boards that's still to come. You know I mean? Yeah. The different terrains and the different spaces and you know it's it's just exciting, man. It's yeah. Exciting. Like, to, be, to be honest, brother, I'm not even gonna lie. Like, mate, after this, I'm gonna go and fucking look at some venues and get in touch with the local the local Rosa, mate. Because definitely, man. Like, I think I think it has been hard because. Um, you really do want to still achieve that same level of vibe and whilst it might not be what it was you can still throw a decent party at the minute and and adhere to the guidelines that have been set out and there's just a couple of points I've observed from from what you were saying there with like the fact that you like invested in the the murals and and coming back to the fact there's like there's five of you in the group if if you're starting a brand um you know, you don't necessarily need like three or four people, even if it's just two of you or three of you. But if there's a couple of you, like make sure that you're investing in, in your brand, because I see like a lot of people like that, they they invest like a very minimal amount and then they wonder why there's no longevity um, and they don't really capture anyone's eye. It's because, you know, like your, your brand's only going to do as well as what you invest in it, not just financially, but in terms of the passion as well. It's, time, it's investing your time, you know, for example, it can be done if anything, like there was five, there was five, we all put 400 quid in at the start, and that's it, that's the only money we've had to put in, aside from that, it pays for himself, but you pay your hours, and you blood, and you sweat, and your tears, and yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's the hours that you put back in, that's where, that's where you get your rewards, is when you start putting, putting that time and energy into it. Yeah, so the, the next part I wanted to come to, and, and this is something that I discussed with all of the, the different people that I've had on from the music industry is that it's very easy for anyone looking from the outside to look at your socials and they'll think, oh, Ollie Ryder's 26, like he's, he's working for Warehouse Projects and Parklife and he's he's throwing all these events. And and to be fair to you, you know, you've never come across as someone who gives it the big and on social media. You can tell it's just pure passion and love for what you do. But, um, you know, it, it, I don't, I don't want to just look at the negatives, but as well as discussing all the positives, it'd be good if we could just discuss a little bit around, you know, because we all go through a little bit of insecurity and, you know, a little bit of self-doubt or anything like that behind social media, like maybe some of the struggles you've had, you know, before you've got to where you're kind of working towards now. And I know you said there's still a, a long way you want to go, but... Yeah, miles to go, mate. Yeah. Uh, stru- stru- I, I don't know. I, I, I'm quite a positive person, generally. I'm like, Next, I'm question. Never... <laughs> Next question. Next question, if... No, no, because, no, because it's uh, the advice I give is that I I read a book called The Secret like when I was in when I was in university and that kind of trained my brain to 
to, to, to stay positive, you know, and I know that there's so many people out there that struggle with mental health and, you know, anxiety and these struggles and getting absorbed in social media and worrying about likes, etc. But there's so much more to worry about in life, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just, I, I think it's important to, to, to make yourself accountable for stuff and, like, you know, even if it's the littlest thing, like, I always make a list at the beginning of every day of what I want to achieve in a day. I mean, I've got my big goals, I've got my medium-sized goals, I've got my day goals, do you know what I mean? I wake up, I like, brush my teeth, right, dummy teeth, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Just take that off, dummy teeth now. Shit, I haven't <laughs> done mine today. <laughs> I've had a wash, so it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, like, look, Sean there, law, law of attraction, mate, you put out the right energies. And yeah. You find ways of strategising, you know, it's dead easy to go, yeah, I want something, but then that thought's gone then, yeah. and you never thought about it again. You need to i feel like a lot of the things which i've noticed because you've got such a strong crew around you and obviously not it's not just your music crew obviously that's your personal friendship group as well is one thing that i've definitely noticed over the past four or five years is if you surround yourself with people and this is something that i always push on my socials and people can say fucking bore off callum because i've seen you post it a thousand times but it has to be reiterated because if you surround yourself with toxic people who do nothing but try and rip you and bring you down and they're negative, then that's that's going to bounce off you and you're going to feed off that. Yeah, definitely. Whereas now that like, it, the thing is you could know a lot of people, but it's still good, I feel, to keep your circle tight knit and know that it's not just about trust, but, you know, you're all supporting one another. You're all bigging one another up. And how much that does for like your mental health is unreal i've found like especially the past couple of months like you know i don't get me wrong i'm fortunate i've you know i haven't stopped working since the start but we've all had the corona coaster at times but having like good people having good people around you um makes you know such a such a massive difference and especially on instagram man like people out there saying you know I'm, i'm not knocking people but People who say, oh, like, oh, yeah, I'm getting really bad anxiety. It's like, yeah, but if you're following all these million followed in influencers that have been on these shit reality TV shows, why do you feel like you feel like you do? Because you're comparing yourself to people that, in reality, I know this is going a little bit off tangent from the music industry, but um, it is such a big thing because, obviously, the likes of me and you spend a lot of time on social media, and if you're going to spend time on there, just spend it wisely. Um, you know, and, and don't just feel like you need to be on there twenty four seven because you can you can bat a lot of ideas away from social media instead of being on there all the time. And that was just one point I wanted to make actually, is um when you were saying about drawing inspiration, is don't feel like you need to be on social media doing that. I know it's difficult at the moment with like the networking and going to other cities and whatnot, but get out of your hometown or your own city because I know you were saying there you you went to uni in Leeds and then you were going to parties down in London is you're not necessarily you're not necessarily replicating other people's ideas or trying to copycat them but if you're going to loads of different cities especially abroad like the amount of inspiration you get from you know like the way people do things in in different cultures it really really broadens your horizon man in a way the way that you look the way that you look at things whereas like you say, even though Manchester is a sick city, there's so much that's happened there. If you just stay in Manny your whole life and you never go anywhere else, then... How, how, how can you expect yourself to learn anything else other than what you surround yourself with? Shouts out Big Duff there as well. Like, you know, when we were going down to London a lot, and it's like, I, I remember um, I, went to like a pic- I went to a picnic party and then we ended up um, back in this mansion in the middle of London, which was like an hour away. 
Yeah. And, which was, and I was like, that, for me, that was so weird. Because, like, whenever in money, like, or anywhere else, really, you go to a party and then you're in a cab for an hour to drive on the other side of the city, and that's just normal. And then we were there till fucking 10 o'clock in the morning. There's <laughs> nothing like this. Nothing like this at all. Like, so it, it was refreshing, and then you come back and was like, wow, why, why doesn't this exist? Yeah. I mean, we, we started doing after parties after every, obviously, we, we never make a song and dance about it because we're all private after hours, but yeah, yeah. We come back and after, oh, well, obviously not at the minute because uh, of COVID, but, you know, pre this, every time we've got an after you know, we've got, our, we've got our own club as well coming at the end of this called The Loft, which is where that's going to be the new home for Animal Crossing. Sick. After hours for all, for all the bits and bobs, like, and that's, that's like a true reflection of what we are, you know, the old gaff did its bit, but this new space is like, wells. <laughs> now nah, that, that's it, man, looking forward to, uh, to heading up. So, because we've, we've only got about eight minutes left, there's just a couple of other things I wanted to go through. Now, I only went to Sankey's once, and that was 2016 Parklife, when it was like Jasper James. Which, to be fair, brother, I probably bumped into you there and didn't even realise it was you. <laughs> but um, how good was your likes of Sankey's? I know you said you only caught the back end of it, but like, how good was it for anyone who didn't go or... It was fucking wicked, man. Like that was when me, when, when me, me and Luke did like a night there, and it was like he was well involved with it at such a young age. He was like, yeah, parties in there when we was like fucking twenty one. Do you know what I mean? Like it was fucking sick. Like because we had our own, we had our own spin on it. Do you know what I mean? And, and Sankey's was the gap where you could go there every weekend. Do you know what I mean? That doesn't really exist in Manchester at the minute. There is a yeah. where you feel like you could go there every single weekend. Whereas I think with this the loft that we've got coming, mate, like. You want you want to be you want to be in there. Do you know what I mean? This this like space to chill, all different height angles to it. Like it was just the, the experience of Sankey's. Well, everyone who went and like our era or the era before us, it's like it'll always it'll always leave like a little space in your heart because those were your early party days. That was like where you was getting your hours in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Was it was that your first experience in uh, electronic music, like in terms of getting properly stuck in with the events? Like, how did you actually? It's kind of I'm reverse rewinding a little back here to, to what we were saying at first because I know you said you went to uni in Leeds but was that where you first got a taste of like getting involved in the event side was it or was it before yeah, then I was, I, was, I was going to like um, Warehouse Project in Sankey's when I was like 15, 16 that's when I first started, first started going um, weirdly enough like the, the first Warehouse Project was at Store, the, the original Store Street before it went to Victoria at Apex Night I don't clue Apex was Yeah. Like, such a surreal experience, do you know what I mean? It was wicked, it was wicked. Do you know what I mean? Those are the days you remember. I used to, I used to do a lot of parties back then, and I thought, I'm sensible. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mr. Sober now. <laughs> so, other than that, who are your main up-and-coming artists to watch, like in, both in the UK and, and overseas as well? Um, I think Jake Florey, obviously he's got the next release on Animal Crossing. Jake is an absolute wizard. We did some, like, you don't appreciate how talented the kid is until you stand in there and, and watch him. You know, he makes it look easier to just record himself in the studio. But like the the depth and the knowledge that that kid has got in music is it, it blew my mind. Mate. Like, yeah, using all all the modular equipment and he's playing live in front of us when we did a bit of filming for for the for the release. And like he's, he's super super talented, man. Like na- natural musician, mate. He's fucking sick. Um, shouts out to to Reese to Laidlaw. For, for me and Fuse, guys, absolutely. Big Don, mate, is. Laidlaw. Big Don. Um, and Nathan Pinder is doing 
absolutely yeah. Um, Pinder's sick. I, I, I came across him a while back because um, Fleur, who I run Undergrowth with, she um, used to buy some of his tracks. Because I know, has he got an alias where he he does like more vinyl dubby stuff? Does he do he, two he sides? Swing. Yeah. He feels swing, he does as well. Yeah, he's mate. He's, he's sick. But he's, is he Leeds? Pinder. Yeah, it's Leeds, basically. Yeah. Sick, sick kid, mate. Nah, he's sick. sick. And then, because we've only got a couple of minutes left, um, what are, like, your strongest pieces of advice that you would give to anyone wanting to get their, their foot in the door in the industry? Because I know, especially me, like, I mean, I found that actually just moving out of my town, moving city and meeting new people and just getting stuck in helped. But someone like you who's obviously, like, grown up in Manchester, you went uni in Leeds. Like, what advice would you give to people who really want to get their foot in the door and get get on I think be sound be ambitious um, and work hard they're, they're the three biggest tips like if you combine them three together and like you're trying to find something original do you know what I mean doing it with the passion you know all, all of them three things are super super powerful man like and if, if, you, if you, you work great it's what gets you where you are do you know even if you're not the most creative person in the world do you know what I mean maybe starting a brand isn't for you but you know you can be the best light engineer or do you know what I mean, whatever it is in the music industry or whatever you want to achieve, like just work hard. Just, yeah. Just work hard. I, I I'd say that definitely, bro. Is sometimes you might not be as talented as the next person, but I, I went to school and college with kids who were like A star students, but in the end they achieved fuck all because they were just lazy. And it's like, yeah. you know, don't if you if you're talented, don't throw it away. But also if if you're not super talented, don't just compare yourself and think that, oh, I'm, I'm not going to do that well. Because if you work 10 times harder than the next person, you'll probably end up doing better than them in, in the long run. Anyways, now, there's some uh, some class bit of advice there. Cheers, mate. And then... You, 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 don't, you, you don't necessarily need to be, like, the most educated, like you say, but if you're working hard and you sound, and then you, you bump into this person who then becomes your best mate and he's this big person, this, and they'll give you advice, and you've learned that, and you can take that advice on. Yeah. Listen, listen as well. Do you know what I mean? Don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. Everyone, most people will respond to you and give you advice. Like, See that? If you message you need for advice or whatever, I'll, I'll always message them back. I'll always yeah. give them the time of day. Matt pushed me a couple of times. We get back a few minutes. Yeah, like, like I had to. Always. <laughs> so, that was um, a really big point there, is uh, just in the final two minutes was about actually listening to other people and don't be afraid, you know, to to get educated by people that are not just more experienced and more senior, but just just learning off other people in general. Like, mate, I've, I've learned a lot off you today. Um, is, you know, if, if you're just really stubborn and you're a bit arrogant and you just think, I'm going to do it my way and that's it. Like, sometimes it, it's not always the best way to be, man, because you can learn a lot from, from other people, whether or not... Yeah. There's a lot of people out there who know what they're talking about. There is. Thinking, you, thinking there's only one way to do things, you limit yourself because you need to see the world from a bigger picture and sometimes that one angle won't work. But you can't just stop at that angle. You need to go, right, how do I get around it? How do I, I do what I mean? And that's where stepping back, listening, assessing, it's all super important. Yeah. And then because we've got 60 seconds left, sounds like I'm fucking counting down here every two minutes. Shit. Do it. Shitting, shitting myself about the time. I'm going to get Richard Whiteley to put the countdown clock on in 20 seconds. <laughs> so the, the last 45 seconds is, what was the best Animal Crossing moment so far? Um, I would say Archway Party. 
Archway, yeah. Archway, yeah. First proper big scale stuff, and it was the first time production-wise we could really give it some. Yeah. And then, best warehouse project moment? Um, opening of Mayfield, it was a fucking graft. And then when Apex went on, and I was behind the desk for Nina Kravitz, it fucking blew my mind. <laughs> like, I'm going to come from all across Europe to come to this now. It's fucking different, Graver. Nice one. I haven't got time for the last question, so we'll have to do round two. But um, no, I really appreciate your time, bro, and uh, hopefully I'm sure we'll, we'll see each other soon. But respect, man. Thank you. Definitely, mate. Looking forward to it, mate. Thank you very much. <clears throat>